from Birmingham, Alabama. You're listening to the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress. I'm your host, Gary Furr, and I'm so glad to have you with me today. Whether you're sitting in your favorite chair or riding along in the car, I'm glad we're going to get to spend this time together. Welcome. If this is your first time with the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress, we are glad to have you here. And if you are coming back, glad to have you again. Thank you for all the downloads and support. And great to connect with lots of you. Today is Martin Luther King holiday. It's a time of reflection for our country. I was thinking about the letter from Birmingham jail that Martin Luther King wrote and how it is filled with an undercurrent of disappointment and impatience, but also feels like a letter from a wounded family member, an epistle from Paul to the Corinthians who failed to understand their own gospel. And this one statement jumped out to me, human progress, he said never rolls in on wheels of inevitability. It comes through the tireless efforts of people willing to be co-workers with God. And without this hard work, time itself becomes an ally of the forces of social stagnation. The time is always ripe to do right. He saw the churches of his time as they are now, part of the problem. Too preoccupied with other worldliness and scared of the danger and uncertainty of doing reconciliation work in the world. The doctrine of reconciliation is not a doctrine for the Christian faith of sweet by and by. It's a doctrine that sees the breaking down of walls as essential to its work. It challenges pessimism and hopelessness and seeks to restore what was lost. We're not out just to make a better world. It's a much more difficult and important work to save the world from going down the road to ruin and helping it to know the love of God that we believe in so profoundly that Jesus' prayer for us on earth as it is in heaven would be realized. Well, I was thinking back to some times when that had become crystal clear for me. A friend of mine, Johnny Green, is a pastor down in the Auburn area. He was a walk-on in football at Auburn and went on to get a PhD, became a vice president there, served in many roles. But as an African-American pastor, he also has a vantage point on things that I don't. So I invited him one time up to my church when I was uh, still pastoring. And we came together on a Wednesday night. We sat in front of the congregation and had a dialogue about race. And we did it in front of the people so they could be there and listen I think it helps sometimes with really difficult issues to have two people that are comfortable with it to sit and talk to each other and people can listen in without feeling threatened. And eventually, of course, you let others join in and ask questions and offer observations. And we went back and forth on many different things. And finally, somebody asked, is there any hope? Is there something that can make things better? 
And we offered two things. One of those was to listen, to have an opportunity to sit with people whose story and background in life is different from yours and just listen. Don't answer, don't tell them what they ought to think or rebut them, just listen. There's something powerful just about that. And secondly, work on something together. There is something about a project, building a habitat house or going somewhere to minister to a need together that allows people to form relationships along the way. Well, as, uh, as I observed this day, I, I, my mind went back to a, a narrative poem that I wrote in my uh, previous book, uh, to the latest one, called Poems, Prayers, and Unfinished Promises. If you're interested in that, you can go to garyfur.me and all that is there. But this one is uh, about my vantage point as an eight-year-old boy. It's called Clarksville, Tennessee in 1963. In 1963, I was at Clarksville, Tennessee. Daddy had just moved us there with his company. I didn't know the South was not the entire world. My cousin had a beach towel with a squinting rebel who said, forget hell, and I didn't know what that meant. My great-great-grandfather took a rebel stand and at 42 took up arms for the Confederacy against the Yankees whose baseball team in New York I rooted for without seeing the irony. He fought for the hopeless cause and the dark night. I didn't know. How could I? A child doesn't know what a shadow is until someone tells them. Why, you make it yourself, child, when you block out the light. So the baby just toddling stares down at the shadow walking with him on the ground. When I lived in Clarksville, Tennessee, we went to a big Baptist church whose pastor sent Every child a birthday card, we learned music and rules, learned about Jesus in Sunday school. Deep and wide we would sing, and Jesus wants me for a sunbeam. And Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And when the time was right, we would give our hearts to Jesus and be baptized to get a new start. Gave money to send missionaries who told foreign people about our God who is caring. We all had our churches, black and white races, same Jesus, same Bible, but in separate places. So from Carolina to Clarksville, Tennessee in 1963, where picnicking families like us came out to see Soldiers from the 101st Airborne jump out of planes and soon float down out of the sky on Sunday afternoons. My school was only children who looked and talked like me. Soft southern accents and watching TV where all the people looked like me, like Jed and Granny and Andy Griffith and Mr. Green Jeans. Don was a black man who worked for Daddy. He swept the floors and kept the stockroom clean. He loved my dad who treated him like a man. When we moved up north, Don wanted to come, this time above the Mason-Dixon line. But the company said no, and he went back to Tennessee, to Clarksville, in 1963. In Clarksville, Tennessee, in 1963, my little neighborhood, where my brothers and me would go outside all day until Mom yelled out to come to supper, 
unsupervised, we rode our bikes behind the mosquito trucks, pretending to be fighter planes in the toxic clouds. We had no idea you could die from DDT or that everyone else in our world wasn't white like me. It was safe and beautiful in Clarksville, Tennessee in 1963. Just below where we lived, a man stood in a doorway, swore something called segregation would always be. They swore him in later, but troops came, and those children went to school. They made that man who swore say, I'm sorry, like my mother made me do, when I hit Julie in the nose with a dirt clod, and she told on me. The helicopter crashed in Vietnam that year. The jumpers on Sundays would be dying there soon. A man named Bull Connor turned dogs loose on children down in the city of Birmingham. In May, while well, my brothers and and I innocently played and rode our bikes unchaperoned to school a mile away. Then in September, somebody bombed a church. Four little girls died in a room after Sunday school. They were praying just like we were taught to do. They died in God's sanctuary on Sunday morning. It came with no warning. A stick of dynamite blew out the stained glass Jesus' face, and hatred boiled over something called race. We watched on our black and white TV. The girls were not much older than me. Everyone worried. We were afraid. But Dad opened the store as usual next day. People bought bobby pins and underwear and candy by the pound and 45 RPMs with some new Elvis sounds. The changes were still far away from us and me in Clarksville, Tennessee in 1963. I have a memory from that year. One of the black ladies at worked for my dad, lost her husband, and dad took us boys in the car, drove over to her house. It was a part of town we'd never seen before. And he said, you boys stay here. And he walked into the house to give his respects. It made a powerful impression on me. I wonder what every act of kindness, of reaching out, of reaching across, of opening a door can do to chip away at that wall that we've put up by our ignorance and our stupidity and our fear. I think about the little boy I was in those days. I wonder what our little ones will see in us these days. It's good work. It's hard work. It's costly work. But it's work that's got to be done. I hope you have a good holiday. And I hope in the days ahead you will find the little things that you can do that might open the way. Until next time, this is the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress. I'll leave you with a song.
us pause in life's pleasures and count its many tears while we all sup sorrow with the poor. There's a song that will linger forever in our ears. Oh, hard times come again no more. Tis the song, the sigh of the weary. Hard times, hard times come again no more. Many days you have lingered around my cabin door. Oh, hard times come again no more. While we seek mirth and beauty and music light and gay, there are frail forms fainting at the door. Though their voices are silent, their pleading looks will say, Oh, hard times come again no more. Tis the song, the sigh of the weary. Hard times, hard times come again no more. Many days you have lingered around my cabin door. Oh, hard times come again no a pale drooping maiden who toils her life away with a worn heart whose better days are o'er. Though her voice would be merry, tis sighing all the day. Oh, hard times come again no more. Tis the song, the sigh of the wind Hard times, hard times, come again no more. Any days you have lingered around my cabin door. Oh, hard times, come again no more. Tis a sign that is wafted across the troubled wave. Tis a wail that is heard upon the shore. Tis a dirge that is murmured around the lowly grave. Oh, hard times come again no more. Tis the song, the sigh of the weary. Hard times, hard times come again no more. Many days you have is the flat picking pilgrim's progress thanks for joining me today you can find my music at g-a-f-u-r-r gafur.com and you can go to my blog site for lots of other information and writings 
at GaryFur.me. G-A-R-Y-F-U-R-R.me. Once again, thank you so much. Join me next time on the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress.